All right, the brackets are out. The brackets are out. 68 teams. They did it again. The committee put all 68 in there. No <laughs> empty spots. Uh, all Some years you're like, why not? <laughs> Heck, even this year. You I think this year, year, this year you easily could have made it like back in the day, like 16 teams. 16 teams. You've been like, ah, good enough. Yeah. Enough parody this year, though. But, guys, an empty bracket, 68 teams. Maybe a filled out bracket for some of you at home. Off the cuff to, stop, to start things here, Josh, your final four. Why don't we start? Do we just want to do one final four, two minutes? Or do you just oh, I'm just it? going for go it. For why it. one? Go for it. Why, yeah, wait, wait. Just why go for one? The whole thing. Called the final four, and then oh, like do a circle around, yeah. like a circle now. Final four, Who the final four gruesome twosome side, Gonzaga, UCLA, dynamic duo side, yeah. Houston, Kansas. Wow, picking the trader, Mick Cronin. Wow, he was Josh loves trader, Mick Cronin. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All the enemies, frenemies here in my final four. What about you guys, Zach? Who you got? He didn't. Are we doing all four at once? Yeah. What is going on? Final four. Final four. But what he he said. I yeah, just he, gave you my final four. He H- said Gonzaga, UCLA, UCLA and then Houston, Houston, Kansas. Oh, sorry. I only heard the. Okay. You don't even listen to me. I don't. Never. Uh, I got Tech, Baylor, and I got a pair of fours. Whoa. Got a pair of fours in here. Uh, Illinois, the Illini, and Providence, the Friars. Wow. Ooh, yeah. Friar, tuck yourself to bed, Greg. Ooh, nice. Guys, I got the Zags. I got the Wildcats of Kentucky. Currently, people sleeping on them. I'll do something for you. I'll volunteer Tennessee to go into the yeah, final that's four. that's a good one. And then I'll Ding. take Kansas as well. You taking chalk with Kansas? Taking rock chalk, Jayhawk. Oh, man. Wow. This is no fun. <laughs> Guys, welcome in. Welcome in the crowd to another edition of 30 Racket Sports. It is Monday, 314. Pi Day, if you want. Oh, wow. So we've got a couple threes. We've got a three beer. We've got three teams from Ohio in the tournament. And we've got... Sounds like chaos, Greg. We've got a lot of chaos, too. Maybe some that we'll be predicting here soon as we break down the bracket. Once again, thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports, Ohio Sports and Beer Podcast. Guys, before we get into it, as we always start our intros, and as I mentioned, it is a happy pie day on uh, 3.14. So we had to figure out what kind of pie would our podcast host be? Whoa. It's always something. I don't even know that many times. always something. Uh, we'll get to it. There, there was some input on some people from from the crowd. Oh wow, so that scares me. That'll be fun. Uh, no, it'll probably make you laugh. Honestly. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, to my right, on the opinions, the lemon meringue pie <laughs> of the group. You know, getting yeah. the meringue correct is super difficult. So sometimes it's great, sometimes it's awful, sometimes it's just not even included you know in the pie lineup. <laughs> Meringue's tough, man. It's Zach. Zach, how are we doing today? Good. I, I feel good. I feel like that you finally honored how difficult my job <laughs> is here. Being the one in the opinions, I got to get it right for everybody. It's difficult. You can so. never have a wrong opinion. So I never do. Man, what is like a meringue? 
What is a meringue? <laughs> Tell a me what a question. meringue is. I didn't know. I thought that was just like the fancy name thing at the end of it. But apparently, it's something that's no, very difficult I think that's something do. that pie people just made up. It's it, a made it, up it's word. It's a pie thing. I don't know. What is it? You seem to know it was difficult to get it's right. The thing. meringue part. <laughs> all, right, all right. Tell me what I am. Tell me what I am. To my left. And once again, we all have our opinions. But I, I would say just old reliable pumpkin pie sometimes has to rely <laughs> on, on some great whipped cream some great co-host to kind of pick him up but is really just a solid pie nonetheless he's once again the guy in the engine room making this podcast go <laughs> does all the everything you every every compliment you give josh is always just like some backhand like old no reliable. no see, well the thing to pumpkin pie man uh, is you have to yeah. have good crust foundation good crust. that's what he's getting at I mean, I love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. Pumpkin I guess pie is the best pie. I guess that's friends. Wait, look, but I would agree. be the star best, of the show. Best pie, though. Pumpkin pie. Are you a cream pie, Jack? <laughs> no. no. Once again, this was given by uh, by someone else. Uh, I, Who are you talking to? I am a pie. shepherd's pie. I'm breaking the mold of dessert. I'm just different uh, on my own level. The one who and likes dessert. I too. have been described as, quote, a salty bitch. So I'm going. <laughs> that's where the crowd came in. So yeah, I was going to say he's that kind of matches his like guy to order the Bloody Mary in the group kind of. Oh yeah, personality. You're the you're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I brought over like Bud Light sour seltzers for us to try before, so that's just kind of the vibe. Yeah, again, you guys are poisoning yourself. I'm get, I am. I am because I'm getting beer. a uh, cramp here on the left side. You're getting a nice base. Yeah, love that for you. Well, guys. We're going to break down this whole bracket, at least on a higher level. We're going to talk in depth about your all your Ohio teams, your Raiders. Ooh, Raiders. And your Buckeyes. And we're going to be drinking a great beer while doing that. But first, guys, we've been off for a couple weeks, so we've got some headlines to get to. Selection Sunday has come and the bracket is set. Unfortunately for the state of Ohio, that doesn't mean a whole lot of involvement as the state that had four Sweet 16 teams less than a decade ago has just three representatives in the big tournament this year. Ohio action starts Wednesday in Dayton where locals Wright State face Bryant in the 16 seed play-in game for the right to face Arizona on Friday. Thursday in Portland, the MAC tourney champion 13-seeded Akron Zips face former UC head coach Mick Cronin and the UCLA Bruins. And Friday, the 7th-seeded Ohio State Buckeyes look to get back on track in Pittsburgh versus Loyola Chicago. Several Ohio teams, though, were just on the outside looking in and will be stuck in the NIT. Four Ohio teams are in the top left eight-team region of the bracket as the first team left out of the field number one seed Dayton will actually go on the road due to their arena being used for the first four go on the road to Toledo and number two seed Xavier who fell off the bubble late in the season losing 10 of their last 14 will host Horizon League regular season champs Cleveland State and finally don't want to let don't want to leave out any of our friends uh, joining those teams in postseason play will be the three-seeded Ohio Bobcats in the CBI, 
And then in the college basketball classic, we'll, we'll involve the Youngstown State Penguins and the Kent State Golden Flashes. The other big news coming out of the week in the state, no, not Tom Brady, guys, is that baseball is back, or at least will be back. The Owners and Players Association finally got together on a new CBA that will get a delayed but still 162-game season that will start April 7th. The Guardians will start on the road in Kansas City before having their home opener April 15th versus the Giants. The Reds who because of the delay will start their season in Atlanta, will have their opener on the road for just the third time since joining the National League in 1890, joining 1966 where the Reds' first series was rained out, forcing them to start on the road in Philly, and 91 where another lockout delayed the season, forcing the Reds to miss a series and start the season as reigning World Series champions. Don't expect that anytime soon. On the road in Houston. Evidently enough, this delay, though, makes the Reds' home opener on April 12th versus the Guardians. The first time the Guardians play a game in Ohio will be April 12th in Cincinnati. With baseball being back, so are trades and free agency. Unfortunately for the Reds, that has meant nothing but bad news. Sending Sonny Gray to Minnesota, along with Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez to Seattle. So the team, Bob. Salaka! In other trade news, with free agency in the draft quickly approaching in the NFL, the Browns have made a trade for wide receiver Amari Cooper, sending a fifth and a sixth-round pick to Dallas for Cooper and a sixth. The team has also released longtime wide receiver Jarvis Landry. And finally, to wrap up Ohio sports, Blue Jackets beat Las Vegas last night to get within 11 points of the playoffs, which is 22 games remaining. The Cavs have lost two straight and sit in the sixth seed, just one game above the play-in tournament, as they deal with continuing injuries, including all-star Jared Allen, who could be out until the playoffs with a fractured finger. And in MLS, the crew sit at top of the Eastern Conference, taking seven of nine possible points to start the season. Well, FCC finally got a win, beating Orlando 2-1 to one over the weekend. Guys, those are your OH headlines. Guys, our beer of the week for this week comes from the southwest area of Ohio, right in between Cincinnati and Dayton, a middle town, if you will. Uh, Middletown, Ohio, downtown Middletown's Rolling Mill Brewing Company. It is their three, Three's Chaos IPA. It is a six and a half ABV IPA. The interesting thing about this beer, though, Gluten-free, no Just wheat, you, no rye, no barley. I would have never guessed until you told me that, actually. And uh, let me just say, uh, great little throw in on the middle town there. I like that. Appreciate that. Thought it was too easy. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's a cozy little brewery up there in the middle town. And this beer, um, an IPA, very crisp, very flavorful. I would have had no idea that it was a... Uh, from Middletown, I agree. From, exactly. From the town of in-betweens, I agree. It's uh, No, it is very good. It's got a nice uh, crisp finish. Um, 
You know, it's gluten-free. I, you wouldn't notice, though. Yeah. You would think it would be a big change to, like, the dynamics of the taste. We've had a few different kinds of, you know, your gluten-free, like yeah. Ohio High, or, uh, yeah, Ohio High has their, you know, kind of tea beer, which has a very, a wildly different taste. Yeah. Than this one. Um, I think, you know, the interesting thing is, uh, so their owners, uh, Josh and Megan Labach, kind of decided to do the gluten-free brewing after uh i guess josh was diagnosed with celiac disease so no gluten for him so they they wanted to find a way that they could still enjoy beer and brew beer and have it gluten-free so you know it took i guess what four years or something for them to kind of figure out how to do some of this beer gluten-free but i will say you know with a lot of things people say you know yeah, I can't believe it's not butter or hey, this is in, you know the the incognito or whatever. You're like, is that what they say? Eh, it, it eh. tastes different, but this right. really does taste. I mean, there's a little bit of a difference that you can't quite put your finger on, but it tastes definitely yeah. quite a bit the same. You still get that same hop. You still get yeah. you know that same. The characteristics are still yeah. there, and this is the Greater Cincinnati area's first ever uh, gluten free brewery of its kind, um, and. Mm. Uh, that's what I think is what makes the this beer in particular, the Three's Chaos IPA, is that it holds all the characteristics still. There's no compromise um, without using any wheat, rye, barley. There's no compromise on the flavor and that characteristics that you'd still want to see in the beer. And in this IPA, which I know we're all big fans of here, you st- it's all there. It's all there still. Oh, yeah. And, I, I you know, I think the interesting thing about this place is all their beers gluten-free you know as, as we mentioned with the owner but it's not like they just kind of have one style you know they do their marzins they do the mm-hmm. brown ales do their you know ipas and whatnot where it's kind of all over the place where they've kind of figured out a way to brew different styles of beer still not using the you know normal gluten that you wow. would that's impressive well, and I think one of my favorite things about it, too, is it is very, very right down the middle of a, you know, local local brewery. It's a very cozy in, the, in an old warehouse, I believe. Oh, cool. um, it even has invested Middletown on the outside of the building. Uh, and just very cozy, you know, tanks over to the side yeah. and everything. Little bar right there. You string lights. Very cozy local brewery. Um, it's a place I got to go out and check out um, and get me some more. Three's Chaos. Yeah, so uh, shout out to Rolling Mill Brewing Company in the heart of Middletown, Ohio, and their Three's Chaos IPA. All right, so for this show, we're going to be talking tournament only. We're going to be breaking down. It's a big bracket. Unfortunately, guys, out of these 68 teams, the Ohio involvement is minimal. You know, I, I we had a show, I would say a couple months ago at this point, where we were saying, you know, over under, I think it was maybe four and a half teams. You expected to see Xavier in this. You know, obviously... Most right. of us were thinking that it was almost a given that you'd get Ohio State, Xavier, and then the Horizon and MAC champion. You, you know, Horizon wasn't quite as set because Cleveland State was first, but then there were a couple of teams between them and Wright State. End up only getting three teams. Xavier falls off. Dayton makes a late surge. Actually, 
is in the bracket until almost the last moment. Oh, the yeah. first team out, conference brethren Richmond knocks them out. So, you know, we were wondering over four and a half. It ended up being three. Guys, just thoughts on the state of basketball in Ohio right now. Things, you know, for, uh, for a state that obviously has a lot of its football chops, but has had some solid basketball, you know, history over a while. You know, it's had some really good teams as far as, you know, Ohio State making it to champions yeah. or to make it to the championship. Dayton making it to an elite eight and probably being a one seed if the tournament happened in 2020. One of the first Cinderella's yeah. state way back then. I mean, Ohio, yeah. I've always made the argument overall, probably really a basketball. I mean, historically speaking, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really a basketball state. Um, every school there in the state has had some level of high yeah. success. Sweet 16s, a um, couple schools obviously win national titles. Um, and, and I think you look at it, you know, the Horizon League, you have yeah. Cleveland State and Wright State who have gotten some big upsets. The MAC, who for a while was known mm. as, you know, like a... OU's been... Yeah. Every a wild decade basketball. or two has a Sweet 16 team. Yeah. Akron's always one of those teams that creates some noise. Kent State's had a lot of success. Um, yeah, Dayton's been a good team. Dayton. You know, obviously, they're, they're such a big town that they have the first four there. And then, obviously, you know, in Cincinnati, you get... Cincinnati and Xavier, who have had, you know, success over the years. You know, just a couple of years ago, you had Xavier as a one, Cincinnati as a two. I right. think Ohio State was like an eight at that point, you know. Mm -hmm. Once again, as we mentioned, I think it was 2013, you have, 2012, you had four Sweet yeah. 16 teams out of Ohio. <laughs> yeah. You know, in Ohio, Ohio State, that Cincinnati, cool and Xavier. They, they, yeah. yeah, those are dope. So, um you know, a little disappointing, but also highly disappointing. I think a little bit. you you do have some teams. You know, Dayton definitely a team that's kind of on the rise. They had a very young team this year. A lot of freshmen. A lot of the losses held against them were very early in the season. I think a lot of what we're looking at to hang. Up, I mean, there's a lot of teams. I wonder what 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 2020 would have brought, right? Yeah, I mean, that was obviously for Dayton especially. But I mean, Ohio State was looking good they actually made yeah. a tournament run there um you know cincinnati, cincinnati was looking, to be on looking the team. good i mean xavier um, was you know they've kind of been was, in that like weird nit ncw ever since bubble. they ever since they left a10 that's that's been a while. well, well ever since is, ever since honestly ever since chris mack left well there, yeah, there yeah. Four years but i mean Travis you know Steel. what i'm saying this is kind of yeah but, that's but what i think is good about good that year, you know right state Wright State, though, on the flip side of that coin, you look at Wright State, who's, you know, now I think it was going on four or five seasons straight of winning the regular season yeah. in the oh, horizon, didn't win the but tournament, then yeah. didn't win the tournament. So now they finally are able to, because that's what we were, I was wondering, I was big on Dayton. Yeah. And then they, yeah, up 14, I believe, and then kind of, I think, scored two or three more points after that and exited the tournament. And then... Wright State and Cleveland State were kind of teetering there at the end. Yeah. And NKU, the Norse, were coming on from the south and looking good there for a while. Yep. So I was afraid that, like, for a second there, we were going to get Ohio State. And everybody's that, afraid maybe about that. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody's <laughs> afraid about the, that. The Mac, the Mac was pretty The Mac Ohio was pretty yeah, that, up. Yeah. Well. So, yeah, you were, you, you were worried that you were going to get, you know, probably two teams that were in. I think that's probably a good place to start. The first team playing in the tournament from Ohio is actually in the first four. Wednesday night, 
just a, a short. I was gonna say it's a short hop. A short over, hop yeah, for right yeah. skate yeah. from the Nutter Center down to uh, UD Arena, playing from uh, Rhode Island. If you're not familiar with I'm the where Jim O'Brien, ex Ohio State coach, who got fired in that scandal, uh, coach there for so. <laughs> Afterwards. To, to just kind of recap some of Wright State's season, they were 21 and 13, uh, 15 and 7 in the Horizon League, actually only a half game back of Cleveland State, who, who won the regular season title at 15 and 6, but due to the COVID cancellations, had that, uh, you know, kind of weird situation where some teams played more conference games than other teams. So uh, they finished as a four seed, but have won. Five straight, including three straight in the Horizon Tournament with wins over uh, Oakland, who was one of the top seeds for most of the year, Cleveland State, and last year's champ, NKU. So they, I mean, they had almost the toughest road that you could think of in yeah. the Horizon. You know, an experienced tournament team, the regular season champ, and one of the teams that led the Horizon most of the year, able to get it done. Um, top player, probably Tanner Holden. He's... Uh, about a 20-7 and seven guy. He had two double-doubles in the Horizon League tournament. And in that tournament, 28 of 34 from the free-throw line. <laughs> about 11 free-throws attempted per game. Uh, on the flip side, they'll be playing the Bryant Bulldogs, 22-9, and 16-2. Uh, winners of the NEC. They uh, were the regular season and tournament champ for their first-ever D1 appearance. Their top player is actually the leading scorer in Division One, uh, Peter Kiss, who leads Division One in scoring at 25 points per game. He had 34 in the NEC final and had a streak of six games earlier in the season where he had 30 or more points. But only a 29% uh, free throw sh- or uh, three-point shooter. So if you look at them, obviously, as far as Ken Palm goes, these are the third and fourth mm. worst teams by Ken Palm in the tournament, which is why they're in the, uh, why they're in the play-in game. Uh, Wright State is by far, as per Ken Palm, which is a predictive metric. It's uh, Ken Palm already has his website, so there are several predictive metric websites. Has them as the worst defense by far. They're 262. The next worst defense in the tournament is San Diego State at 220. Um, Bryant is 218 in defense, but is number seven in tempo. They are the second yeah. fastest tempo I mean, it's in the be, league. Uh, so it's going to be a it's going to be a back and forth game, a lot of tempo, and a probably a pretty high scoring game. Wright State narrow favorites coming into this game. Josh, do you think the Raiders have enough to pull it out and uh, get that date yeah. against Arizona? Yeah, I just. For, for folks outside of the area, I, I understand this. That is absolutely going to be a landslide homes, home game oh, for yeah. the Raiders. Um, don't think that this is because it's a Horizon team, that they don't have fans, that the place won't get packed. Believe me, it's in Dayton, Ohio. It's college basketball. It'll be packed. Oh, yeah. So I just think that plays a huge factor in it. Um, but I'm trying to find what the uh, over-under on this game is, if it's out yet, because I would most certainly be looking to take in the over. You know, Wright State has a lot of capable shooters um, just off a percentage and a couple uh, deep threats. Brian, like you said, very up-tempo. Wright State tends to play up-tempo. I could get a 
what they call a barn burner. Yeah, over some folks call it over something. under. Actually, I mean, one hundred and fifty-four and a half. Okay, that's so you're looking. Yeah, you're looking. <laughs> you know, eighty to seventy-five. Wait, yeah, one hundred. Oh, sorry, <laughs> one hundred. I misheard you. Never mind. One hundred and fifty-four. Uh, I thought you said. Uh, I thought you were like your seventy-four face, and a half. And I was like, what's this? Virginia versus Virginia? So no, that is up there though. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you look at oh, it is any yeah. other game in the first four. It is. Almost twenty points more than all the all the rest of the over under. Yeah. So it's gonna be an up and down game. You know, I think Wright State really what you have to do, and I, I mentioned it earlier, Peter Kiss leads the leads the division kiss. one. God, what a it, great name for uh, when he goes in for a little runner and a little kiss by kiss off the bat. Anyway, he, he, right. You know, he's one of those guys that, that you know will scream at the crowd, <laughs> make the faces, you know, kind of that like trash. Good luck, it's guy. gonna be a fucking rough night. But it's but you force him to take some tough shots. You yep. force him to try to speed up. Like I mentioned, not a. I mean, he shot well in the NEC final, which is why they blew out Wagner. But he's only a twenty nine percent three point shooter. You get him shooting a bunch of threes. You <laughs> yeah. Know, on average, he scores about a third of Bryant's points. So if you can get him to take some bad shots, you Move can those feet. You can uh, you know have. A few empty possessions in a row and, and get some things rolling. I think also, Josh, as you mentioned, just a hop, skip, and a jump from right State. Not even a hop, skip, and a jump. Just a hop, really. Yeah, man. And I just think, I, I, like like you said, it's going to be an up-tempo game. It's going to be back and forth. There are going to be a lot of big plays. Like, you look at guys like Trey Calvin and Tanner Holder, Tanner Holden that can hit those, you know, the three ball and everything. Yeah. That place is going to be electric off oh, yeah, that it's up tempo be... game. In that, and you wonder if, honestly, if both teams can handle it. But those will be Wright State's fans. Yeah, and Wright State's been here to an extent, right? I oh, mean, they've yeah. only been here three times prior. I don't mean like that, but they've been on the cusp. They know, I mean, people know Wright State. They, they, there's no. I think for Brian, this is just a big deal. Yeah, right. Yeah, sometimes right. just a big deal. We did it. We're we're in. Yeah. This is their first time since transitioning to D one. That's what I mean. And they've been in D one since the nineties. Right. Yeah, this is, so, I don't know. yeah. You look at this matchup, and you're like, Brian's like, okay, looking at Wright State, and Wright State's like, all right, and then they're looking at Arizona. like you said, they're looking at Arizona. Basically, going to be a home game. I don't care if they gave a thousand free tickets to Brian. I, I don't know. Yeah. That you're going to be able to. To fill that place. But yeah, it's going to be rocking. Um, I'm excited. You know, the, the fun theme we'll find out about these three Ohio teams is not a lot of defense. Yep. Weirdly, all, I, there's I, a common theme involved with all three of them. And uh, So before we get to the, the full South region, so the winner of Wright State and Bryant will get the chance to play one of the top overall seeds, one seed Arizona. Uh, if you look at the bottom half of the South region – you'll see number seven, Ohio State. And we mentioned, you know, some defensive issues, and I think that's How dare you. kind of indicative <laughs> of Ohio How State. Dare you. Last year, you know, a great offensive team, tough in defense. This year, more of the same. You know, Ken Palm has them 32nd, 13th in offense, 131 in defense. Yeah. 287 Love. in tempo. Uh you know, as far as uh, at-large teams, they have the third-worst defense ahead of Davidson, Miami, Florida. Oh, uh, God. We mentioned, you know, kind of struggling a little bit. 19 and 11, 12 and 8, uh, six seed in the Big Ten tournament. 
lost four of their last five after a win at Illinois, including losses to uh, last place in the Big Ten, Nebraska at home. Got whooped by Nebraska. Rival Michigan after blowing a halftime lead and Penn State in the second round, their first game of the Big Ten tournament. The team that they will be playing, a team that was just in the uh, Final Four a couple years ago, a team that has the youngest coach in Division One basketball right now. Uh, you may know former Michigan State standout Denzel Valentine, his brother yep. David Valentine, the coach of the Ramblers of Loyola Chicago. We're twenty-five and seven on the season. Uh, interestingly enough, they were kind of always on the bubble all year. Actually, a four seed in the Missouri Valley, the only team to get out of the Missouri Valley, but only a four seed. Uh, they were a game behind regular season champ Northern Iowa. Tied with Missouri State and Drake, lost the tiebreaker, so ended up as the four seed, but were able to win eight straight games, including uh, you know beating Northern Iowa and Drake for the championship. Um, as far as their resume, you know, only out of conference losses they took were to Michigan State by just a couple points, who's in the field, yeah. and one seed Auburn. The one interesting thing, as we mentioned, defense. Not a thing, teams, but not a thing in the conference. Every game where the Ramblers gave up more than seventy points, which is something Ohio State's very capable of, <laughs> they lost. Every game they gave up less than seventy, they won. So thirteen and zero when they give up less than seventy. Zero and five when they give up more than seventy. Oh, yeah. uh, the one thing that I think is real interesting is both these teams are in you know, the bottom 60 as far as tempo. So it's going to be a slow, grinded-out game. Ohio State has obviously a lot of talented scorers. Mm-hmm. Loyola is one of those, you know, your typical mid-major that just runs the offense the right way right, kind right, of yeah, team. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, you know, a 7-10 matchup, Ohio State's a 7 seed. A lot of books have had Loyola Chicago as the favorite. Yep. Zach... We'll start with you as the Ohio State guy. Do you think your Buckeyes pull it out? Oh, that's tough. Interesting fun fact, real quick. I was reading about the you know seven ten right. You're always taught done on bracket like you pick like two right. Um, but actually, the last few years, obviously not including the uh, twenty twenty season, uh, the ten seeds are actually five and two. Yeah. In these, uh, where prior they were seventeen of twenty four. Fun fact. Um, I would say you know on this one. I, it's what you're gonna. It's Ohio State's gonna dictate, and what I mean dictate, it's what you get out of them. This team that beat Duke, beat Seton Hall, it's beating Illinois, uh, split with Michigan, split with Wisconsin. Um, I, you know, most games they. It's crazy. They like I said, they they were up <laughs> in most again, in even the Penn State game, and most of those games they lost here the last four or five, outside of the Nebraska game. What are you gonna get out of them? You know. Um, that's kind of the big question. If you're not such a homer, I think it's a nice pick to uh, throw some money down on a Loyola on this one, depending on what the line is. Like Greg said, it's actually been kind of trending more in their favor. But um, I would probably lean towards Loyola. I just have to think at the end of the day, Malachi Branham, EJ Lydell, they're going to be too much. And I don't think Lydell's going to – not two years in a row are you going to go out, you know, 
first round. I think he'll somehow drag them across the finish line. I think this will be a slugfest for 40 minutes. You know, last game we were talking about Wright State Bryant's going to be like one of those fun, almost like out, you know, backyard street ball, like moving track up meets. and track meets exactly up and down the floor. This one's going to be, you know, dribbling it up the floor, getting the offense, guys busting heads. Um, over under 132 and a half, and I would probably lean. Way I would under. go under. I, yeah, this could easily be a, be a 55. Yeah. Game, yeah. Um, but I think I think Justin Irons finally steps up a little bit. They get a few clutch threes. They somehow find a way. Because that's the same with the high state. Their big issue. Sorry, big issue. They don't close out. Majority of their losses, they were up usually halfway through the second half. So if they can just find a way to buckle down. I think they can make a run, to be honest with you, if they get it all together. So the other, I'm gonna pick I think up. they can make a run. And but they could easily guys, get rocked here. Yeah, yeah, you guys talk about the defense and everything. I think, what would you say, 70 points was their kind of... That's Loyola Chicago. But that's Loyola of, uh, Chicago's, yeah. okay. But I think you take a look at Ohio State. I think the one underlying thing that, that I would just add that you haven't really mentioned... Ohio State's dealt with some injuries. You know, you yeah. look at Kyle, yeah. Kyle they're, Young, they're, questionable, Zed Key. Yeah. They didn't have two of their guys, you know, in Seth Towns um, that they were hoping were going to return. So, And the fact that they only, you know, some of their guys are even banged up a little bit that are still playing. You have, you know, one game basically in two weeks with the season ending and only oh, yeah. one game. You get a little bit healthier. I mean, you hope. Loyola Chicago has not, you know, once again, they don't, have i mean they're 25 and 7 but they've definitely taken some you know tough losses they've lost to bradley you know they gave up 102 points to northern iowa in a loss so i wouldn't exactly call them world beaters no and i think also loyal is a team that's been there a bunch but ohio state's going to be a very hungry team because they got mentioned at after what's happened the last couple weeks and what happened last year, yeah. which was embarrassing to a lot of well, players. Well, and, and Holtman, know. he'll get one more year because of the, the recruiting class. They got top five recruiting class coming next year, but this is this is pressure cooker. And real quick, I just want to point out, Greg did bring up a good point, you know, kind of the end of the year. I say it did play six games in 17 days because of COVID and everything. So, And I think that's where you look at, like, X-factor things. Like, yeah. look at Jamari Wheeler. I love Jamari look Wheeler. At, but look at the amount of like clutch threes yeah. he's sitting over the season. And, def- but you and look defense. At, but yeah, he sets the tone at the edge. He's kind of that X factor now that will, you talk about Ohio State will dictate, dictate the game. I think he's kind of the X factor that will dictate which Ohio State shows up. And he yeah. doesn't always start. But, I mean, no. you, look at, you look at Michigan State, 16 points. Shot the I'm fifty percent nearly fifty uh, percent from three forty five percent inside. Problem with him, uh, he can score more. He just but then there are other nights like against Illinois yeah. where he's nothing. Bro, yeah, nothing. exactly. Two, I mean that's been Holtman's whole thing. You know they brought him in from Penn State. He was a All Big Ten defender. That's what he's been known for. He played four years at Penn State. And they've been pushing him constantly. You can score, guy. Like yeah. I think he averaged like four and a half points at Penn State. He was like a thirty-minute a game player starter for four years. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Like he'll have he'll have you know he can score. He can shoot. And you're right, Josh. I agree. I think he's a guy who because they need to find a third. 
That's my they thing. Need to find a third they, they don't have the depth consistently. You talk about now. depth and injuries. They they don't have the third to begin with. Exactly. Yeah, and you're I right. I think that Jamar Wheeler, like I do think that Ohio State could. My gut reaction had them losing in the first round. It, oh, I don't blame you. I would pick. Yeah. But I do think they could make a run. You oh, just it wouldn't need shock me ex- if they were in the Sweet 16 have, Elite Eight. I mean, it's but. the cliche thing you always hear about these teams. You have right. to have the X factor that gets hot going exactly. into that tournament. Like a Michael and, Mike Conley, if you want to go back to Ohio State back in the day who played himself into a a lottery pick he wasn't even on the draft board till the tournament yeah you gotta have one of those guys and and now kind of expanding on that you know the road to the sweet 16 would include uh villanova looking at um you know just the brackets overall in the south region kind of just general thoughts uh i believe all three of us had different teams coming out of this region josh you had the one seed arizona wildcats uh, Zach, you had the four seed, Illinois fighting Illini. I had the three seed, Tennessee Volunteers. Taking a look here, uh, you know, are there any surprise teams that you think may make it a little bit further? Uh, you know, any big upsets? And then, you know, any big games you want to talk about? Um, you know, obviously, uh, 5-12 is a big matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston the winners of actually did you have houston going to the final four josh yes i did oh did. yeah you had houston so houston playing a uab team uh coached by a familiar name uh for bearcats fans in the mid-2000s former assistant coach and interim head coach andy kennedy led the blazers at his alma mater My to a cusa championship uh houston a team that metrics love have been up and down at the end of the season. Lost two key pieces, in, uh, including uh, guard Darren Giroux in December. But did it come back to win You know the AAC tournament? Certainly a dangerous team with a great coach in Kelvin Sampson. The other one, of course, uh, 6-12, Colorado State, who's a name that maybe people haven't heard too much this year, 6-11. playing against a Michigan team that... Uh, you know, kind of limped their way into the tournament. Well, kind of limped their way. They came about in half the season. Yeah, they came. Say. They came in swinging. Uh, interesting <laughs> matchup. Yeah, uh, losing uh, their coach for several games, Jawan Howard, due to a Shimon uh, suspended for the year. I think I've seen that he wasn't. But uh, guys, is there any is there any upsets that you see? Any any teams you see kind of wandering around? I know both of you have a team upsetting. So by Arizona, they played the weakest conference in college basketball. Um, I know that they've got a ton of talent. Don't me wrong, but um, yeah, I think like I think Seton Hall coming out the second round could give them some trouble. Seton Hall's very up and down, but they got that length. uh, Can play, you know, difficult on the inside. I think that could be an issue for them. They played in the scraps this year. They played in the scraps. Didn't play in the scraps. No, exactly. I mean, I think Pac-12. That's why Pac-12 teams question. That's why I think. This region in particular is interesting because you have Arizona who really, you know, you talk about that conference, not so tough. There are a lot of these mid-teams here that, you know, for one, played in a tough conference and also have a chip on their shoulder um, going into this. Um, The reason I like Houston out of this, just to bring this up because it's a 5-12 and you always want to look for your your 5-12 upset. Right. Just out of those... Five seeds, I think maybe St. Mary's is the only other one you can look at and be, you know, very solidly confident in. Yeah. You look at UConn and especially Iowa, maybe not as much confidence inspired 
there um, when you look at the 512 upset. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think this is going to be pretty, pretty straight up here. And I, I don't see Arizona getting past Seton Hall, I don't think. Um, I would say the one thing to kind of defend Arizona in this is if you look at the last 12 years of a championship, um, aside of UConn, the two years who didn't fit the offensive thresholds, um, a team that wins a championship has a top seven offense and a top 20 defense. Includes, you know, high-level upperclassmen, a couple mm-hmm. other things. But as far as tangible things, top seven, top 20. Currently, the two teams that fit this bill, and of course, you know, you're playing six more games, so there's data points, so there are a right. few more teams that can get there. Currently, the two teams that fit that criteria... Gonzaga, first in offense, seventh in defense. And Arizona, fifth in offense, 20th in defense. Teams that are just outside that could work their way probably in, Kentucky, Kansas, Villanova, Baylor, Houston, and UCLA. So Arizona does have the metrics, but the other question is, you know, if you're playing in what you may think is not a great conference, is it kind of fool's gold? And, you know, you even look in past years, they do have several teams in the tournament, like a UCLA, like a USC. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, you've seen it with the Big 12, Big 12 a couple times, Big 10 a couple times. You have those tough conferences, but then when you start playing out of conference in the tournament again, yeah. you drop a couple games. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. And that's what I think is super interesting about this region is you have a lot of teams that have been through the cruncher just in their late season. Um, but then you just one thing I feel like it would be a disservice if we didn't bring this up just because they were a surprise early exit last year. You got number four Illinois. That's um, who, who will yeah. you know probably draw Houston. Um, you look at you look at Ohio State's path too. You know we'll probably draw Villanova. You got Tennessee and Michigan in there. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's an interesting. It's I mean, my reason for an interesting group. I like Illinois out of there. They've got a few of those. You know, they're du- they're adjusted defensive efficiency. Their raw numbers aren't that great, but you know, they're still twenty fifth, you know, top twenty five nationally with their adjusted defensive efficiency. Obviously, offensively, um, you know, I like again. We talk about the big three. They yeah. have a big three, right. which I like, and Kofi Cockburn, uh, Frazier, and Plummer, um, and they have some depth off the bench too. You know, I like Tennessee as well. That's another team. That I would like to, I had those in my lead eight. I yeah. really debated hard on who I liked. Uh, Houston, obviously, Josh. I don't think that's a bad pick. I don't, AK. I don't like the top two teams out of this region. I think there's a yeah, bunch of. Yeah, I think this it's like the um, middle pack here is great, right. and I think that's what makes this and maybe I'll say the West mm-hmm. very interesting well, regions because yeah. you have very strong middle of the road teams. Yeah, I think the other interesting thing is you know. You have a lot of teams that, once again, the top teams could have an issue, but like a lot of these teams, you know, UAB is a good team. I, I you know, I saw them survive Middle Tennessee State. Uh, Chattanooga mm-hmm. is a team that a lot of people probably don't know the mocks, but you know, they have uh, a guy named Silvio D'Souza who was a you know, a contributor for Kansas for a couple of years. He was highly rated coming in. They have really good guard play. So if you have a, you know, you have a six nine big forward who can match up with Kofi Coburn yeah. and as well as some good guard play. I still like Illinois, you know, um, Curbelo for them, their guard, Andre Curbelo is very good, but 
Chattanooga is certainly a team that, you know, normally you'd hear the name and you'd expect them, you know, probably 15, 16. Right, yeah. They're a legitimate 13 seed, and I think they're someone that maybe I wouldn't pick over Illinois, but I think they will definitely give them some trouble. You know, 27-7 and seven on the year. You know, played a Murray State team, who we'll talk is a seven seed, very close. So, you know, it's certainly not... A pushover. It's not, you know, just a right in Illinois and Penn. Yeah. So. Well, guys, do you want to jump through the South real quick before we hit up Akron's region or? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think just to wrap up on the South, uh, you know, I guess we have what Houston, Illinois, Michigan, and Tennessee. Mm. Uh, those are who we have going out of the South. To the East region, where we highlight the third team from Ohio, the Akron Zips, champions of the MAC tournament, facing UCLA. That's one of the late ones. 9.50 tip on Thursday night. They'll be facing UCLA in Portland, Oregon. Right now, UCLA, 14-point favorite. It's Josh's favorite team, by the way. Which team? College basketball, UCLA. Big, you know, as soon as uh, Cronin left, he's like, bleed, I'm a big UCLA. Bleed blue, big, brother. Big, he, got a, he got a big B with the Bruin poking up. Oh, yeah. a tattoo on his ass. So, so a bit about it. to uh, recap some of these seasons, the Zips, 24-9, and 14-6 in the MAC. Currently on an eight-game winning streak. Yeah. Won three in the MAC tournament. Actually, their, their first game was just a two-point escape. Versus the Bulls of Buffalo. Then they beat Toledo fairly comfortably before a 20-point win over Kent State, a team they were swept by in the regular season to get the auto bid. I uh, called it. Yeah, top did, player, did call it. Uh, Ali Ali, their leading scorer. But then they also have uh, sophomore Enrique Freeman, who's a sophomore but averages a, t- a double-double and had 23 points in the win over Kent. Uh, UCLA, as we mentioned, uh, one of Josh's favorite teams, coached by former uh, UC head coach Mick Cronin, 25-7, 15-5 in the Pac-12, lost to Arizona in the Pac-12 championship, uh, made the Final Four from the first four last year, and their only uh, non-conference loss was to number one overall seed Gonzaga. Uh, their top two players are guards Johnny Juzang and Jaime Hawkes. Uh, Juzang has still been recovering from an injury, but both average over 14 points per game and four rebounds per game. Uh, UCLA, 15th in offense, 12th in defense, uh, 258th in tempo. Uh, Akron, 113th in offense, 166th in defense. 351 of 358 in tempo, the slowest tempo of any tournament team. We mentioned another team, you know, we mentioned some track meets, some slogs. The over-under in this game, just 128 and a half, with UCLA being 14-point favorites. So this one could definitely be a rock fight. Yeah, it could definitely be a rock fight. And like you mentioned, uh, Akron has played in a lot of close games this year, including against a uh, team in a matchup that we joked about at the beginning of the season. But they only lost by one to Ohio State. They did. Um, and, yeah, split with Toledo. Very good, very uh, great offensive team. 
the thing about this matchup is if it was against, I'd say any of the other four seeds here, I'd say Akron has a chance to make some noise. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, you're a slow-tempo defensive team, and you're playing Mick Cronin. Uh, Does Mick Cronin like yeah. defense? I'm not, uh, I'm not yeah. <laughs> playing the one, uh, one of the best coaches in the tournament at handling those types of games. I think that makes it very, very, and I'm hoping, because Juzang's a beast, I'm yeah. hoping that he'll be at full health. I just, that's a lot. Of course you are, a big fan like you. Yeah, oh, huge Bruins guy, me. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think, I'm impressed that Akron got here. I thought I thought there was no way of all the teams in Ohio. Yeah. Akron? I mean, I'm not going to. I'm going to make a couple points in Akron's favor real quick, though. I've got, I've got a few stats as well. You know, uh, first, you have John Gross, former Ohio State assistant, former Illini head coach. Didn't, former Ohio State. I, I was yeah, getting was, there. <laughs> didn't work out in Illinois. Went to Akron prior to Illinois. The head coach at OU when they went to the uh, Sweet 16. A guy who knows how to work his way through the bracket with an underdog. And then, you know, they have a, a guy like Ali Ali. Um, I will admit, not watched a ton lately, but you know, in that game against Ohio State, I mean, he any low seed like that, they they need that guy. They need that guy, right? That guy who can just go get you buckets. They have that guy. Yeah. No, I agree. Advanced metrics, it's highly unlikely because yes, I agree. What what they do well plays very much into Mick Cronin, what UCLA can do and defend well. But uh I don't think it's a crazy long shot, in my opinion. Plus, UCLA's got some pressure. They had a Final Four last year. Mick Cronin. But, I tournament. Mean, uh, you I, know, I don't know. X I think, factor. I think there's one important thing that needs to be kind of thought up. Because if you're going to be, especially in a rock fight, the, the two things that you need, or the one thing that you really need, you know, one is shot making when you need it. Yeah. But the second one is extra possessions. And that either means... Not turning the ball over, right, or getting offensive rebounds. UCLA's top two rebounders are Juzang and Hawkes. They're two guards. Yeah, you know they have Ali Ali, who's a great scorer on the inside, but he's not even their leading rebounder. That's Enrique Freeman, who mm -hmm. averages almost ten rebounds a game. If you can find your way, you know, obviously UCLA still has some talented big men, but if you can find your way to get some rebounds. Get some putbacks, get a couple of extra possessions. You know, a fourteen-point spread turns very quickly into a couple possession spread, and then it's just making a couple baskets. Right. And you look, like I said, Juzang has still been recovering from an injury. He missed, you know, several games in late February. Uh, Hawkes has been great recently, but you know, an off game from him. I mean, you look at UCLA, yes, they made it to a Final Four last year, but they were down in the first four to Michigan State pretty late in that yeah, game. Yeah, and over yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not like they don't play in a lot of close games. Obviously, no. that Mick Cronin style is kind of feeds itself to right. that. So yeah. you, I, I think Akron will have its chances. I, I don't think I would pick them over UCLA, but mm -mm. honestly, I think 14's a lot. So... Yeah. Potentially as far as spread goes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, as, as far as spread goes, I, I don't know. I think that's pretty favorable. And when you talk about Ali Ali, that's X Factor. That's X Factor right there. I mean, five of his last nine games, he's shot 50% or better from deep. 
uh, four for five from the three-point arc against uh, Kent State in that MAC championship game. You know, he you talk about those kind of guys hitting their stride there that could make some noise. Will it happen? Probably not, but right. certainly something to watch. But, guys, as far as the rest of this uh, bracket goes, uh, once again, we had three different picks out of the three of us. A lot of names in this bracket. Obviously, Baylor the defending national champs, but as far as names, you have North Carolina, UCLA, and Kentucky, and Indiana all in that region. Uh, a lot of interesting games, a lot of interesting matchups. You have Texas versus ACC champion Virginia Tech. You've got Murray State, who was undefeated in the OVC as a 7-seed, playing 10-seed San Francisco. Actually, two teams from the WCC with Gonzaga, with uh, San Francisco and St. Mary's. You've got a Kentucky team that has a potential player of the year in Oscar Shibwe, who's been doing things, you know, uh, with as far as scoring and rebounding that haven't been done since a guy who likes to put five Pac-12 teams in the Final Four and Bill Walton. <laughs> you know, so you've got some guys who have been... You know, North Carolina got a big win over Duke. They can be dangerous at some point. St. Mary's. And then, you know, obviously a Baylor team who's a defending national championship, defending national champion team. Yep. Lost four players, still is a one seed, and right now is you know, has lost their leading scorer and one of their big men in Jonathan Chachim Chachamwa. So, you know, really interesting thought over there. Zach, you have the Bears in this tournament. No Bears. I I mean, who do you think is their biggest challenge and why do you think they're going to be the team to make it all the way through? You know, the biggest challenge, I think... um... I guess you'd say Kentucky. I don't know. I mean, I like saying, I think it's St. Mary's is a very stingy team. We're talking about Mick Cronin. You see, he's about a team that plays defense. They, they, got, they got former Mick Cronin recruit Logan Johnson running. Right. I mean, they beat Gonzaga at Homer. I got, I got St. Mary's uh, facing Baylor in the Sweet 16. Um, but I think, you know, you're going long athletic. You know, Kentucky's probably the biggest challenge. Um, you know, like Greg mentioned, you know, Baylor, first of all, even coming to this year, I think a lot of people thought Baylor was going to take a step back, right? Lost four of their five right. starters. And then, you know, they lose their best score this year. But I don't know. You just watch this team, and I still think what you know they were able to do without him in the tournament in the Big 12, I think, is um, a very, you know, can be at times a difficult conference. Kind of maybe a little bit more watered down than the Big 10, and they were still able to, you know, kind of work their way through that. Um yeah, I just think they're still an all-around better team, even advanced metrics, you know, losing one guy. You don't get there with one guy. Um, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to. Well, there's there's their leading scorer in LJ Cryer, and then there is their, their top big man, actually one of their few returners in Jonathan Chachum Chachamwa. There you go. So, there, you know. What a pro. What a pro at it. Greg's, Greg's the Ch- pro. Chachamwa. Chachamwa Chachamwa. Chachamwa so, uh, you know, you take a look. Like I said, they, you know, they're losing at, right now technically their top scorer in L.J. Cryer, but James Yukinjo is right there. They have two guys at 13.4, Cryer's at 13.5. Right. You know, really, I, I would say— I just think the they one, have the easiest path, though, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I would say the one issue that I, that I would have with Bale, and I, I think, you know, North Carolina's kind of thin. Yeah. Uh, you know— Obviously, UCLA and St. Mary's have some issues. I would say their their biggest issue would be, you know, a Purdue team that's very good on offense 
and not. Well, I got Purdue getting knocked out. Uh, but you, I mean, if everything goes chalk, you would have them play. Oh yeah, yeah, Purdue, yeah, yeah. Or Purdue, Kentucky, Purdue would be who both yeah. have talented big men. Right. And you don't really have that big man to. But but know, I think we. To, my 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 fight against that is. Big Ten teams always have very talented big men. How many Big Ten teams have won national titles yep. in the last, you know, since Michigan's? I mean, and that's not, that's a, quite a yeah. extreme, but I'm just saying, uh, yeah, I like Purdue, but I, I mean, like, I have, I have tech. I like what yeah. I saw from tech. I like what I've seen from them the last like, half of the year through the tournament. Uh, they really, you know, really turned a corner. Um, so, I mean, I have tech being Purdue, losing to Kentucky. Yeah. John Calipari's Kentucky is always John Calipari's Kentucky. How much can that raw talent get you? Yep. Is what yeah. I always say. And I don't I think Baylor is a much better coach team. Um, like I said, I think out of any of the number one seeds, I think I just think they have the easiest route. I think there's some very interesting teams. I think they very much could could lose, you know, obviously before the final four, but uh yeah, it's just hard to pick. I don't know. I couldn't. I just couldn't pick against them. Yeah, I mean, I think you take a look at a Virginia Tech team, and you know they're playing a Texas team in the six eleven matchup that has lost a few straight. Virginia Tech has won several straight. They there was kind of a question that the committee didn't quite answer whether or not they would have been in the tournament had they lost to Duke. Right. You know, they were kind of a off the bubble team that worked their way back onto the bubble, and then you know got into the tournament with with. I mean, you also have to think being an eleven seed. That's probably not. The case, yeah. you know, I mean, so you, how often been, is a power five conference champion? Yeah. That low of a seed. They, they would have been, yeah, they would have been right on the yeah. cut line from, from what I've, you know, understood. Um, also, you know, taking a look, a Wyoming team that, you know, almost won the, the, uh, Mountain West tournament. Mountain West has four teams in there. So, you know, you look at Boise state who we'll get to in a little bit, but a Wyoming team that, you know, it's going to be tough because Indiana is basically going to have a home game in Dayton. But if they can get through that, they match up pretty well with St. Mary's. I just think there's going to be a lot of chaos because there are a lot mm-hmm. of teams. Marquette, North Carolina could go either way. Texas, Virginia Tech could go either way. Purdue's vulnerable. Baylor's vulnerable. Yeah, you know, it's... Murray State is an unbelievable team who won, you know, who, uh, you know, went 16-0 and in their conference. They could create some noise. You could really, you know... There are any of nine teams that someone, right. you know, someone from the future would say they're in the final four. It honestly wouldn't shock. No, me. I mean, I think I agree with what you're saying. I think if Baylor gets knocked out at some point, I think it's all bets are off. You could have a a crazy seed like a UConn when they, you know, yep, several years. Yeah, know, that's probably quite UConn. A yeah, yeah, UConn several years ago, 2014, where it was a what I think it was an eight nine or seven eight in the national championship. Oh yeah, so. I think Kentucky will be an interesting one to watch in this region just because they, they do draw Murray State. Right. You know, like you said, undefeated in that conference. But you also Only get two that. losses. And eight of the last 13 meetings between number seven seeds and number two seeds have been won by the number seven seed. Yeah, and I mean, you take a look also at that. You kind of get that matchup that those teams want. You know, you get that Mm -hmm. Kentucky versus Kentucky team matchup that, you know, Loyola Chicago got it against Illinois last year. Right, exactly. And they, you know, they were able to to get it done. We all have three different teams. It's a very wide open bracket. Be interesting to see what happens in the East. Going up to the West, there's also another potential 
you know, not quite in-state, or actually, yeah, in-state, but it would be in South Carolina. You'd get the two North Carolina teams if it was a 2-10 matchup. Number two, Duke versus number 10, Davidson. Gonzaga, the number one team in the West region. Josh and I both have Gonzaga coming out of this West region, the number one overall seed who lost to Baylor in the tournament championship. Zach has uh, the top defensive team in the nation right now, Texas Tech, saying defense wins championships, going all the way to the championship. Zach, you're yep. the only person that didn't pick Gonzaga. Why do you not? not uh, wh- why don't you believe in the Zags? Honestly, it's it, this is purely um, just from past. Prove it to me. I need to see it. I know they've been there. I know they, they keep Mark Few keeps creeping up, right? I mean, what, uh, two national championship games in four years, yep. uh, four, four or five sweet 16s in the last six years. Um, I don't know. I need to see it. I like Texas Tech. Um, obviously, uh, they lost their coach, Chris Beard, uh, with Texas. But, you know, what they've been able to do. I like a lot of these teams. Honestly, I think Gonzaga got the shaft for being the number one overall seed, to be honest. I mean, Arkansas is a dangerous team. Uh, you know, you still got the Dukies with five potential NBA draft picks yep. uh, playing there. Uh, Bama, a very similar to like an Ohio State kind of mold of a team where you don't, you know, I can see them going on a run. UConn, Memphis, who has played outstanding. I just don't see yeah, them. Yeah, since... So just as a stat, yeah, no, as we yeah. talked about beforehand, Memphis is a team that was, you know, what, uh, like four and five, five and six to start the season. Uh, Penny Hardaway in January, was going on. Uh, one of their, their highly recruited freshmen who's kind of been like one of those, you know, the next LeBron to come out. Imani Bates enrolled as a 17-year-old. Since he's left the team, per one of these predictive metric websites, uh, Bart Torvik, Memphis actually ranks as the second best team since Amani Bates left. So that was mid-January. The only team that they were behind, Gonzaga. And that could be a potential round of 32 matchup. Yeah, I just I, I just don't see them getting through. I don't know. I mean, I honestly, I know what you're asking for. I don't have some concrete things. Like, I know they got Chet Holmgren. Um, Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy. They do. They have a great team. I don't, I don't knock anybody picking them. I just... I feel like we've seen this movie before. I don't know. I don't buy it. I think the it. other question is, you know, the WCC is better, does have three teams. Yeah. In, but you always wonder with some of these teams, especially with Gonzaga, I think, in the past. Are they battle-tested is my well, question. Well, they played a lot of teams early in the year, but, you know, when you have so many weeks in a row where you're playing, you know, Portland and then, you know, San Diego. Right. And, the, you know, some of those teams in a row. I'm all for Gonzaga winning it. Mark Few finally get Ike. There's no guy who deserves it more by any means. He just needs that one. I'm totally all for it. I just, we've seen this, like I said, we've seen this show before. I mean, we've done the show, it's our third bracket. Yeah, right? third bracket. I mean, bracket. the 2020 was canceled, but I mean, what, 2019, the last one we did, they were, you know, or the 2019 to 20, you know, that previous one, they were a top seed too, right? Yep. And everybody's yep. picking them too. And yeah, I, and, yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. They're not. They're not battle tested. Sometimes I think some of these power five schools who you're gutting it out for the last you know three four months. I think that plays a lot in the tournament. Well, and then other side of that is that you have the teams that are battle tested and have maybe 
not always won the battle in those tests. No, you're right. I, I think, mean, I think as far as my, I was telling you guys before the show, I've only gotten the chance to fill out, you know, one. I think we all have just had the chance to fill mm-hmm. out one gut reaction bracket. And I think the bottom of this uh, uh, West region is my, uh, uh, shall we say, ballsiest region Ooh. of picks because um, Duke. You, you look- take Cal State Fullerton. You you have you have <laughs> no, Coach no. K going out in his last game. That would be hilarious. Tighten up, baby. Not, not quite, not ah. quite. Um, but a round later, uh, I've got Davidson actually. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, That's, yeah, Davidson's tough. He's that matchup a little bit. There. But Davidson, what makes Davidson tough? They're one of the unique teams in the bracket, I think, because their whole starting five are guys are scorers. You yeah, know, they have you, they have a whole squad of guys that get into double digits. They're one of those teams that like you take this guy out, two more are there to back him up. You know, they they're one of those teams that actually has depth. Have been on a run right now. Um, I also have. This is probably and guys real quick on on uh, Davidson. You know, we talk about Coach K being a coach that has coached at Duke forever. Do you guys have any idea what the first season the Davidson coach oh, Bob McKillica uh, was at Davidson? I watched. I randomly watched a David. I think it was a Davidson Dayton game early in the year. At, they were talking about that. Uh, it was like nineteen. He's been, I mean, he's been there a while. He like is 1995 his, or something like no, that? No, he is in his 32nd oh, season as Lord. coach. 1989 first Oof. year at wow. Davidson. A guy that has, you know, once again, has been on some runs. Coach, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, a fellow named Steph Curry. Who? Uh, the other <laughs> the kid from Akron. The other interesting yeah. thought, <laughs> once again, you'll get one of those North Carolina interstate matchups. You'll get, yeah. you know, the big dog yeah. trying to, you know, the little brother kind of taking on the big brother the other interesting matchup for davidson is they don't even have to get to the round of 32 to get an interesting matchup oh well, yeah oh yeah no round of 64 play tom Izzo. top scorer for davidson wild for the davidson wildcats foster lawyer any idea where he transferred from michigan state michigan if I guess. state so you get that match you get that juicy matchup first up and then you have the duke matchup and i think I think you're right. I think Davidson's going to give them give Duke a whole lot of issues. You know, they obviously, as Duke's they are every year, amazingly talented. But Davidson just runs such a, you know, like like we mentioned with some yeah. of those teams, they run such a, a disciplined offense. They get easy baskets. Even against Richmond, you know, they were down, but they Rich, came, came back with everything a, a they unique could. unique offense. They have, a yeah, yeah. offense. Oh, they have a lot they can run. And they I, run a lot of three-point shooting, and they shoot the ball, you know, they shoot the ball almost 40% from three. And I think Duke's become my big issue with Kentucky is it's all about this yeah, obscene amount much, of time. And you know what's hilarious what said for people— Remember, like, 15 years ago when that one-and-done air, you know, Thad Mata High State, you know, a lot of those coaches, obviously Calipari was taking it. But remember, what you, does no one remember, um, you know, Coach K going off about that? I, we will never do that here. And that's why Eric's – and now it's like, that's what you've been doing. He, well, he got one. Is. No, I know that's what the sport is, but it's just funny to think about it. And that's why I feel like Duke, they, I haven't seen cohesion. Obviously, they had a down year last year. but That's what I love what you said earlier, in. though. How much can you get out of your raw talent? That's and, what I am. Yeah. And they've been a team over the past so many years where they have, you know, 
they lost they lost a 15-2 game to Lehigh. Yeah, exactly. They lost yeah. that game to That's Mercer. That's what I mean. That's what they've been they've, relying on. I haven't know, seen the coaching. Yeah. The and one, I think Coach K is one of the greatest of all time in what he here, did. But. They almost lost in a 1-9 matchup yeah. to Taco Fall and them boys. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely a uh, an interesting scenario. You know, like you mentioned, Texas Tech lost Chris Beard, but they have a very... You know, their upperclassmen laden team. And I think you need that. That in runs the, the ball right now. And they Alabama know at the sixth seed, who's a team that you know Such an beat Gonzaga. Team. They take about five hundred threes a game. Yeah. So if they make it, they can beat anyone. But if they don't, they but can they're like like anyone. I said, they're the highest state that they have yeah. that real low floor. Yeah, real high well, ceiling. The, They've shown they can play with the big boys. It's just I think that's the up. best. But they're dangerous. The best comparison, yeah. and I'm glad they're all in the same region here, is because <laughs> you look at Alabama and Texas Tech. If that matchup were to occur, they both played Gonzaga. Alabama won by nine because they were yeah. on that night, and then uh, Texas Tech lost by fourteen. Um, I lost. I lost that number, but uh, I mean, you look at on those on those nights. That is the the best for Alabama and the worst for Texas Tech. Right. So, I think those are two teams. It depends on, you know, who shows up. Exactly. Well, as far as our West region goes, as we mentioned, a lot of interesting teams. This, I believe, was one of the few regions that uh, a couple of us agreed on. Josh and I taking the Zags. Zach going defense with Texas Tech. Going to our last region, the Midwest region. Number one seed is the Kansas Jayhawks. A quiet number one seed. Well, they did, did win. Just, they just rolled. Yep. Just, I mean, ended up, uh, you know, winning the Big 12 tournament title. Auburn, a team that was, you know, number one, expected to be a one seed, fell off late in the year, but, you know, was able to get... Uh, was able to stay as a number two seed. Wisconsin, a weird team. Yeah. Tied to win the Big Ten. Has some really weird, uh, you know, metric numbers, but is still a three seed. Providence, who won the Big East, but is still a four seed. Iowa, the Big Ten championship. You know, you have teams like Richmond. Rich what? Creighton, South Dakota State, who we'll talk a little bit more about, and some interesting teams. Zach, you had, I believe, the Friars coming out of this. I did. Ricky's old team. Slick Rick and the boys. <laughs> I, I actually want to break down this game real quick. Uh, the Jack Rabbits of South Dakota State. Yeah. One of the best, actually, 30, top, 30 win team. Top uh, team as far as efficient uh, field goal percentage. Shoot 44% from three. Have not lost. Since December 15th, the 30 and 7 victors of the Summit League, but you're still taking Ed Cooley and them boys, did have their conference tournament season end on kind of a tough note, Uh, losing pretty big to the Blue Jays of Creighton, but you still believe in, uh, in the Friars. You know, this was the region, if I'm gonna be honest, that I really just won it. You know what I mean? They're, they're, I mean, not just kind of with you there. But like, I mean, if we want to talk about a middling bracket, this is a very middling. Can we all agree on that? Oh yeah, one seed down. I mean, Kansas, they're very, very good. I mean, I'm not, but for a one seed, kind of middling, and that's why I felt I, 
I, I thought the Friars have a nice battle test. They're very good defensively. They don't force a lot of turnovers, but they're very solid. Um, they, they're very slow and methodical. And honestly, in the tournament, I'm a big fan of slow and methodical. I think you find those teams very difficult. You, they don't force a lot of turnovers. They don't turn the ball over at a very extremely high rate. Um, yeah, South Dakota State's fun, though. Like, you're right. They're, they won 30 games. Um, I could easily be, like, shit in the bed on this one, you know, <laughs> in the first round. It wouldn't shock me, um, you know, because I got a few upsets. And, you know, I got Richmond knocking off Iowa. Again, a team you want to talk about, a team to feast or famine yeah. kind of team, Iowa. I, that's why I like Richmond. They didn't have a good – they didn't have any good – I mean, won the Big Ten tournament, but did not have a good win on their resume until – about mid-February. That's what I mean. Yeah, like atrocious. And, uh, you know, like I got Iowa State in the Sweet 16. Wisconsin, I think, is a pretty middling three seed. Um, the only team, you know, two teams I like out of here, I like Miami. But, again, very up and down. Uh, Auburn, I do very much like when they're playing their best basketball. But, you know, kind of a poor show in the SEC tournament. I mean, like, what are, what are you getting out of this bracket? This bracket's just kind of like, we're going to throw the rest of the teams. So, yeah, I went, <laughs> I went with the Friars. I've always had a thing in my heart for uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And um, I decided to go a pair of fours on that side of the bracket. Yes, I got the Friars. Sorry uh, I couldn't give you much more of, like, an in-depth basketball. Mad, that's fine. On that. You're a madman. Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, looking at, first off, the the Jackrabbits. I'll give you my my against and my four. Once again, yeah. a team that hasn't lost since December fifteenth. The one of the craziest. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about you know Purdue being that kind of great offense, awful defense. Third in offense, one hundredth in defense. Right. You look at a South Dakota State team that is twelfth in offense and two hundred twentieth in defense. <laughs> You know, they've won, I mean, some of their games. And that's where you're going to run into problems Oral, against Providence, though, because it's, it's few possessions. Yeah, they They're beat Oral Roberts 106 you. to 102. They're a team that can get <laughs> shots, but also when you're playing a better defensive team, those shots don't quite go in, yep. and you have to make almost every shot if you're playing so poor on defense. The line is only two points, which is pretty crazy in a 4-13 matchup. It is. Providence yeah. minus two. But it'll probably be like 42 to 40. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's something that you're looking at. I think Iowa-Richmond is kind of a, a weird spot. You got two teams that are riding high. You know, Richmond was definitely not in the tournament. A lot of right. people were saying they probably should have even been a 13 seed. Iowa, a team that, once again, was was on the bubble for a while and then just strung together a whole bunch of big wins. You know, got uh, some huge wins late with some big threes. Works their way up to a five seed, but also a team that, you know, last year was upset in the second round. They had a much better team. They had Luca Garza. Yeah. You know, they had some, I would say, a little bit more talent, but do have a lot of, like, fifth-year seniors that have kind of been through it. You know, Iowa has gotten some wins in the tournament before. The most interesting game, I would say, though, in this bracket is a team that started off, I believe it was 15-0, and 0, finished second to last maybe in their conference, and is playing a team who just fired their coach after being a six seed. Yeah. It is LSU who fired Will Wade after being a six seed. Uh, many uh, NCAA 
He should uh, have been fired years ago. Has has gone up against him. As of last week, LSU got, um, I believe it was five level ones and a couple level two notices of allegations. Um, allegedly paying for players, paying for people to be quiet, taking stuff out of a joint account with him and his wife. Just a lot of very shady things. So finally, LSU, I guess, could fire him for cause. Uh, Iowa State, as I mentioned, a team that had some had a, kind of an interesting resume. They were a team that started off very hot. One of the last couple undefeated teams in the nation and then just kind of fell off in the Big 12. Uh, ended up finishing, actually... Uh, seventh in the conference but they were at the bottom of you know they started three and nine in the big 12 yeah and were able to kind of work their way up i think still not i mean still an 11 seed still a team that was on the bubble most of the year the winner of that game also faced a wisconsin team who has been very much up and down winning the big 10 but then not getting the outright big 10 losing to nebraska as well they'll face an experienced colgate team Wisconsin doesn't have the firepower. No, I think they'll win. They I think do. they'll win against. Not since PJ Tucker have they had the firepower. No, no I agree. But I honestly, uh, and because of all the things you just mentioned, I would never do this. But I think LSU've got probably the most. I don't know the most, but a pretty favorable draw here because I, I know Zach, you're high high on Iowa State. That defense, man. I'm not. They have not. You know, when you look at the their games against the, yeah. the top dogs, they they did not perform well. And I think LSU, also one of the youngest teams in the in the bracket, yeah. And, and they so, lost their head coach. And they lost their head coach. So you could look at that both it's ways. A lot you could definitely of look pressure. at the way of Zach's. You know what they're going to hear all week? What do you think about what he? Do? You know what I mean? What do yeah. you think about, oh, that's yeah. all they're going to hear. No one. They're not. No one's going to ask them about the game. I think if they can win that game, though, then I think the, you know they, they they match up well against. Oh, Wisconsin. that's fair. Yeah. Um. Then I think they'll get smacked against Auburn. Yeah, well, I, Auburn's. I, I don't think. But any, yeah, again, Auburn's yeah. all over the place. No, none of these teams in the bottom of the big wet or uh, in the bottom of the Midwest. You know, the Midwest LSU, is just a fucking shit uh, show. But Midwest Iowa is the State, worst. Wisconsin, region. the most exciting though. Auburn. You don't know what's gonna come. You out know, there. Auburn has lost. What they started off like twenty and one. They've yeah. lost, you know, several games going into the end of their season. Like I said, they were a number one team in the nation just about a month ago, and then have kind of fallen off, you know, to the two line, which isn't a huge fall, you know, no. one to five in the nation. They have some issues, just late game situations, especially. You know, they haven't been playing up to their talent, but they don't have a guy on their team that can create off the dribble. You you don't have a guy like you know you mentioned your Mike Conley's where you say. We're down one. Yeah. You go get a bucket. They have I two, mean, I mean. you know, potential lottery picks, but neither of them exactly can create their own shot. Yeah. So you look at some of those guys, and that's one of those things. You know, even your games against, you know, even teams that win the tournament or, you know, make it very far, they usually have some early scares. And if you can't overcome those scares, right. if you can't get those big buckets. Yeah. It can be an issue. Well, and that's why I think if you're looking to like lock in the one seed, I think the Midwest region is the one to look at because you Kansas just been quietly great all year. 
Um, you, you know, they probably will get San Diego State or Creighton. But then after that, the likelihood that they get a 12 or a 13 seed is pretty high. So and that'd be in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Win that game, and then, I, like we just talked about, the bottom of the Midwest is a crapshoot. So if you can, you know, Kansas has a fairly decent path to the Elite Eight, um, to the Sweet 16 even, where they'll have a double-digit seed opponent probably, yeah. and then a very shaky opponent from the bottom of that bracket. That's uh, a pretty easy path to the Final Four. If you're just looking, comparing all the one seeds, I really like Kansas locked in. Yeah, uh, once again, another seed that uh, or another team that both Josh and I are in agreement with taking another one seed, both on Kansas. Uh, Zach, what you took the Friars for this one. I did. Uh, taking Providence. So now to our final fours. Guys, who do you have winning it all? Uh, Zach, we'll start with you. Who do you, who do you got cutting down the nets in uh, New Orleans? Repeat, baby. Baylor Illini got the Baylor Bears went yeah. by eleven. So I'm going for yeah first repeat and uh, oh geez what I can't be eighties right I can't be I can't be Indiana or seventies I mean it can't be that long since a repeat I think it was at least the nineties I know it was the nineties right There's was no way it can't be that long no I know that's what I'm thinking but I'm trying to, I was about to say first repeat since then I'm like. Was it, uh, hmm. Greg's looking it up, pulling it up, pulling uh, it up. Repeat champions. You had, of course, Oklahoma A&M well, that's in my the 40s. Favorite team. Kentucky. Uh, San Francisco, the Dons, now a 10 seed with Bill Russell. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Josh, but 1961 and 1962. Oh, yeah. Cincinnati Bearcats. Well, against, State, against, uh, against, say it. Ohio State. But they played three right. times in a row, which is still pretty yeah. amazing. And Ohio State won one. Fair enough. Um, UCLA oh, won times in a row. That uh, is incredible. Twice in the sixties and then or sixty-four, sixty-five, and then won, you know, a bunch straight, mm. sixty-seven to seventy-three. Dude. Oh, the last one. Or no, the last oh, one. Florida. God, Florida I'm a moron. Ohio State, State was involved yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah. So I forgot about yeah. Duke in ninety two, but yeah. Florida yeah, I was, was thinking Duke one. after I was saying yeah. So what year was that? Oh six oh seven was six. Florida. Yeah. Ninety one, ninety two was Duke. So, yeah, I got Baylor going back to that first time since uh, the Flo- uh, Florida Gate is so fast. Uh, Josh, who do you have? Talk, I don't know. Gonzaga, man, if it's not now, you, it's it's really not. It's one of those things that, like, in actuality, it's not, but it really feels like no, it if does. it's not now. I'm rooting for Mark Few. Yeah. Anyway, I'm like, go for it again. Um, I, I think it'll be. Uh, I he think needs that one, and I think you're good for the It doesn't matter what you do the rest of the time. I think uh, I want to hate him because he's in conference, but he's just such a likable guy, Kevin Sampson. I, you know, I Kelvin. He, yeah, Kelvin. I'll Sampson, be besides you know? all the shady shit he did everywhere before that. Well, seems like a super swell guy. Yeah, every basketball <laughs> coach. But uh, Houston Gonzaga. I've, Thaddeus Mata never did anything shady, <laughs> sir. So. Yeah, you're right. No, no former Xavier coach has ever done anything shady <laughs> at their next step. Ask uh, ask Sean Miller and uh, Chris Mack about that. Yeah, what a piece of shit. <laughs> Greg, who do you have? Uh, I was thinking. I was very very much thinking about going Gonzaga, 
but I think I'm going to go with the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, whoa! Uh, Big Blue Nation over here. Uh, I forgot Greg's such a huge I, Big Blue I am. guy. Uh, He's done a rep arena all the time. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big rep guy. You know, <laughs> anyone, all the racism and stuff. He's oh, favorite. Uh, <laughs> but they have, you know, they have the Player of the Year in Oscar Sheboy. Uh, they were a team that, you know, most of their losses in the SEC were, you know, in games that uh, they're. Two guards, Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler. They were either not playing or they left early. Uh, you know, they have uh, Shibway, who's been there for a little bit, does have some experience. It's not quite your, it's not quite your normal, you know, all freshman Kentucky team. Right. But do still have some young guys. I think Shibway will be one of the few guys that will be able to slow down kind of that Timmy Holmgren duo that you know really has only been slowed down and like the St. Mary's game where Drew Timmy was like one for 11 shooting. I think they'll beat uh, a Kansas team that has some guys that, you know, have kind of been there. Uh, you know, one of the underrated guys, Remy Martin led Arizona state for years, transferred to, um, to Kansas has kind of been under the radar. He could have a big game. Ochai Abaji has been an absolute beast for Kansas this year. Uh, I think it's going to be, UK Kansas obviously get those ratings in everybody wants that nope. so uh, I'll, I'll take Big Blue Nation uh, even though I really don't want to hear about it <laughs> also have the brother of uh, former National Player of the Year Dayton they have Obi Toppin's brother Jacob Toppin who Kentucky yeah oh. former he was at Rhode Island I believe in 2020 uh, transferred to uh, to Kentucky from Rhode Island uh, so Obadiah's younger brother Jacob. Very, very different style of the two names. So. Oh, very different. Uh, so we got our three national champions. We have the Zags, we have the Bears, and we have the Wildcats. So let us know at 30 Rack of Sports. Are you riding with one of the three of us, or are you saying we're all idiots? The answer is probably yes for that last one. But, you know, we at least, we at least have our, our choices out there. All right, well, we want to thank you for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, be on the lookout. We are in a transition period. We have potentially have some big news to share with the future of this podcast. We're still in some uh, some heavy negotiations. Things are in, in flux, as they say. Things are in flux. A fluid situation. So uh, be on the lookout for not new yet drops. solid. Uh, we may not be as regular. We're taking for a, the next another little few break right we'll, we'll be we'll be in and out here we'll be in and out here periodically a little bit so be sure to be on the lookout on your podcast feed that's Spotify, a sign they're getting Apple. rid of me because i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> we'll I be mean, back for baseball we'll be back for baseball. two of us yeah we'll at be. least two of us <laughs> uh have you have you talked to steve we'll, we'll yet? talk about it later we'll talk, talk steve about it yet? Later. is he gonna be here okay uh hey zach negotiations aren't going <laughs> so there there might be some big news coming up uh so be on the lookout, but of course, we will be here when the big moments happen to bring you all the sports and beer news. I uh, want to give our first shout out to Three Chaos, the Three. beer by Rolling Mill Brewing Company. I uh, didn't get a chance to do our normal reading of the can, but you know, shout out to uh, Rolling Mill Brewing Company. Doing something different, but doing yeah. something very well. I think we've all enjoyed this beer, and yes. you know, we've mentioned if if any of us were 
in a position, you know, like celiacs or something where you couldn't have gluten, this beer would be an absolute godsend. So if you're someone who may struggle with gluten, who is an IPA fan like the rest of us, this is an absolute wonderful choice because it is as close to a, uh, to a normal IPA that I've ever tried that's gluten-free. And yeah. there have been a lot, uh, or there have been a number of gluten-free kind of fad beers that have come up. And this one is as close to your IPA style as I think you can yeah. find on a gluten-free market. So so shout out to them. Uh, of course, shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you for uh, listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. We're going to end the show, as we always do, with our personal shout outs. Zach, do you have a shout out on this fine Monday? I do. I never shout out. Just a general shout out. Shout out to uh, those millionaires and billionaires that finally stopped bitching and moaning while, you know, there's a war going on overseas, inflation and whatnot. Hey, we're going to play goddamn baseball. So shout out to you like, guys for dragging it out as long as you could. Kind of wish it was still going on. Really? Well, yeah, because the Reds. Red I was going to say, yeah, uh, the Reds. That's fair. Right. That's fair. Yeah. No, no, all is good. All is good. Hey, at least you get a chance to go watch baseball. Yeah, what kind of yeah, baseball exactly. it is. I don't really know, but at least you get to watch baseball. Right. Um, my shout-out comes from some, I would say, sad but kind of expected news. Um, this afternoon, the Browns released wide receiver Jarvis Landry, who had uh, you know, spent four seasons with the team, acquired in a trade with Miami, had been one of the big, I guess, proponents of the turnaround, you know, had, had been a guy that was with the team right after some unfortunate events in 2017, you know, 0-16 season, helped to kind of set a culture. You know, there were obviously some ups and some downs, uh, a lot of downs, but got us to some bright points. You know, a guy that had over 1,000 yards in 2019 when the team was kind of, getting into gear, you know, really helped that team that went to the playoffs, picked up a lot of slack, and was a guy that was, you know, a two-time pro bowler with the Browns and was kind of an Iron Man over years. You know, he played, you know, 16 games every year, uh, except for he missed one game in 2020 due to COVID and then missed a few games in 2021 due to an injury that he came back on. So, you know, even though he's gone, he still made a huge culture improvement to the Browns and they're going to miss him from that area. Understand both sides couldn't find a middle point, but really going to miss Travis Landry on the Browns. Josh, who's your shout out? Uh, I'm going to bypass all of the uh, craziness that is going on in free agency for both baseball and football, uh, whether that be positive or negative in Cincinnati uh, and go Greg to our alma mater just because, you know, our alma mater, our high school alma mater, doesn't often make it to uh, the state championship in sports. You would think with like 30,000 kids. Yeah, in high you'd think school, being you'd the think. largest high school in the state, you'd, you'd have some more chances. But uh, the. All unathletic kids. Nerd. The Mason girls basketball team made it to state, and it turned out to be only the fourth state championship game uh, that went to overtime. Mm. Um, and it was quite the exciting finish. Unfortunately, our. Uh, Mason Comets didn't pull it out, the Greg. Lady Comets. Uh, but made it to their fifth uh, state championship in program history. Um, have a uh, great freshman that made a great hook shot to uh, get them, but they're beating Mount Notre Dame 
uh, who was on a 98-game win streak Ooh. at the time. Uh, also, that's a, that's a few games in a row. Yeah. Also, a great, uh, great senior player in Kyle Oldacre that'll play at the U. Um, so, don't just wanted you, to give baby. a shout out to uh, our old comments for making it to the uh, the big game. We don't often get to say that, so uh, I'll add that to a, a list of championships that I don't normally watch this season. There you go. Year. Hey, look, anytime, look, anytime in Ohio, one of your teams, whether it be high school, college, yeah, exactly. professional, Kelly Cup. Kelly Cup, uh, you know, a Welsh team that you bought, you know, $5 worth of stock in. Any of those teams make any achievements, you got to celebrate them. Do they run so, like Welshmen? Right now, they run me into depression, really, oh. is, is how they kind of are right now. So. Well, Greg, that would make you, uh, I think, only the, the second sports owner on this uh, podcast there that you lives go. in Behind the misery of the way their team we're, operates. We're spending dough, baby. We're spending dough. On one guy. Congratulations. Uh, we signed Devondre Campbell All right. and Preston Smith. Before, before we have a WWE match on the show, we're going to... Josh just mad my team spending money. We're, we're going to call it a show. Well, I mean, the Bengals did, but the Reds are just chipping away at everything. Oh, my Sorry, God. sorry. We'll get to that in a later <laughs> show. So uh, thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. For Zach on the opinions, which you can't stop spewing at this point. You can tell what happens when you've been off for a month. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> for Josh on the ones, twos, and Cincinnati pews. Pew. Getting rid of a bunch of people. Pew, 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 pew. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rapid Sports. Peace. Peace.